Hi, and welcome to DaVita Leadership Insights, a weekly podcast for DaVita teammates who want to become a better leader, both personally and professionally. I'm Grace Berman, a senior director with DaVita University. And I'm Doug Miller, a master coach and DaVita University faculty member. Today, we get to chat with Dave Mon, a senior vice president of DaVita's Kidney Care Operations. Welcome, Dave. Thank you. It's great to be here with you guys. It's great to have you, Dave. Thanks so much for being on the show today. You know, at DaVita, we call our culture the DaVita way. It means that we dedicate our head, heart, and hands to pursue the mission, live the values, and build a healthy village. It means we care for each other with the same intensity with which we care for our patients. It's about caring intensely. And then it's interesting because we also believe in driving for results so that we can deliver the best care possible to our patients. So as a leader in the village, how do you do that? How do you drive for results in a way that shows you care intensely for our teammates? Yeah, I, I, I think uh, it's, a, it's an interesting and tough question that I think all of us uh, work on day to day. And I do think that's one of the things that really differentiates DaVita from many other places. It's one of the things that's actually kept me here. And the way I would describe this is the, the concept of how you produce results is just as important as the results that you produce. Mm. And I think that can be really surprising but, but the, for people who come in here new. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bar is, is very, very high. Uh, as you think about that, at the end of the year, you can't say, look at the results I produced. I was amazing, but there's, uh, you know, a, a wake of people who dislike you and don't like working with you anymore. Nor at the end of the year, can you say, I love the village with all of my heart and people love me, but you didn't produce results, right? We need people who, who do both of those. And I think that's what differentiates uh, the village versus a lot of other places. I like how you put it in terms of the how and the what and the how, so that the how is just as important as the what. And you want to get those results and the way we do it, we can't really compromise on that because it's such an important part of our values and and our culture. So I'd love for you if you could share an example of when you achieve results with your team in a way that's consistent with our mission, vision, values, and that intense caring we talked about. What did you do and, and how did it turn out? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, one of the things that, that comes to mind that, that a lot of people became very familiar with last year was was a ballot proposition in California where the dialysis community was targeted uh, with a ballot proposition that would have been really disastrous both for our patients and for our teammates. And so we as a team, we rallied together uh, to work really, really hard to educate all of California basically on what it is that we do as a dialysis community, how well we care for our patients, why we care for our patients, the type of of community that we wanna be and and caring for our teammates as as well and the caregivers. And as a result of that, uh, we were able to educate Californians and uh, the voters went to the the polls and and we actually defeated this bill. 59% 59% to 40, 41%. That's awesome. Because the village came together and, and frankly, the whole dialysis community came together because they saw so much was, was at stake. Could you, could you share a couple of details on what you did specifically, big or small, um, as a leader to make sure that our teammates felt truly cared for? I think one of the things that we did is, is we listened, 
right? We, hmm. we, we went around and we actually um, interviewed a lot of both patients and teammates to find out what it is uh, that mattered most to them. I think listening is, is one of the most important attributes that, that leaders can, can have, and it's, it's hard to do. Um, another thing I think we did is after we listened, we tried to communicate. And we, after finding out what is most important to you as a teammate, to you as a patient, we communicated well to say, hey, this is what could be at risk if we don't come together. And so learning how to communicate well so, so people um, really feel the intent behind what you're doing is also really, really key. And as a result of those two things, I think uh, we were able to come together. Yeah, I think that's a great example of something that's so important too because really that was that would have had a huge impact on our patients and our teammates and and um, because of the effort that we pulled together we were able to to produce such such a great result to, to help our teammates and patients so um, with that being said I know that was a great example of when you've been able to do both drive for results and do it in a way that shows intense caring for teammates on the flip side, could you share an example of when you might have stumbled with with doing both? Maybe maybe sharing an example of when you were able to get the results. You got the what, but you didn't like how you led to get them. What did you do and how did that turn out? Yeah, <clears throat> unfortunately, there's a lot of those <laughs> that come to my mind <laughs> as you ask about when I've I failed. But I think the, the first thing that comes to my mind is I remember when I was living in Brazil, I was about uh, 19 years old. 20 years old, and I was very, very intensely focused on driving results for what I was there to do. And I was having a hard time connecting with the people um, that I worked with every day and the local Brazilians and people who I worked with. And, and a very wise woman grabbed me at one point and she said to me, David, you have to understand that the things people do and say make sense to them. And it was this lesson of, yeah. of empathy, right? It, it seems so simple, but to me, it was, it's also so profound, right? The things people do and say make sense to them. And so taking the time to really understand where people are coming from is something that I think I've uh, I failed at. I've tried really, really hard uh, to do a better job over the years, but it's something that, frankly, I, 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 I've always struggled with. So that's that's one. And then maybe one... Uh, more recently, where I think I've I've failed is uh, labor. Anybody who works at Davida knows the word labor. It's one of our main operating metrics that that we that we have to hit. And I think um, there have been times when I've come in a little too hot, right? Mm. Saying, "Hey, we have got to hit this," and I have not taken the time to understand where people are coming from, why they're in the situation that they're in, and come up with a methodical plan for how to get there. And I've gotten that feedback too. And I, I know that there's things I could have done better, especially in the context of a lot of things going on in the operating world. And so that's another one that I, I know I have not done as well as I wish I could have. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely always a, a work in progress to, to get those two to marry up. And it's interesting because it, um, hearing you talk about both these examples, it sounds so simple, just limp listen. You know, listening sounds so simple, yet how hard it is as a leader. Um, why do you think it's so hard and what, what gets in the way of the ability to listen? Well, look, we, we all uh, have jobs. We have responsibilities. We have ambitions. We have goals and metrics that we have to hit. That's what we all get paid to do is to produce the results and do our job, right? And so 
Um, there's, there's the great quote we share around here. It's, it's easy to be mindful. It's hard to remember to be mindful. And I, I think about that, right? It's, you get caught up in your day to day and you fail to take time to sort of ground yourself on, on what really matters for the long term. And sometimes you just get caught up in, in saying, Hey, I got to do my job today. And, and realizing that doing your job is taking time to listen. It is taking time to empathize. It is how you produce results and not just the resu- the results that you produce. And that's our job too, right? Yep. And I, I think that it is so important that listening is a way to show that you care. I like how you talk about that as one of, of the ways, one of the behaviors. And sometimes we get too caught up, I think, on things like it's got to be something huge or big to make people feel like you care. And, and really, it's about those small things. Just someone, Just knowing that someone hears you can make you feel like they care. So um, with with that, one of the questions that kind of popped into my mind as you were talking is, have you ever had to f- choose or did you ever feel like you had to choose between driving for results and leading the DeVita way, leading in a really caring, intensely caring way? But, so let me give you an example here at, at DVU. Davina University, we teach about the power of check-in questions to start homeroom meetings. These are our our team meetings. Or at other companies, they they might call them, uh, you know, the staff meetings. So these check-in questions are intended to create connections and build relationships and are not business questions. So, for example, where would you go on your dream vacation? Or what was your proudest moment in the last month? Except Sometimes when you go around the room of 10, 20 people, it can take a lot of time away from the business agenda. And when you only have so much time in a meeting, how do you choose between driving for results, the results that you have set on that meeting agenda, and connecting and living the DeVita way with your teammates? Yeah, I think um, I, I, I don't actually think about it in those terms. I don't think it's a do it this way or that way. Um, I, because I do firmly believe that it's our job to do both of those things. And so I think one is um, maybe get rid of that paradigm and say, I can either do it one way or another and rather say, I have to do both of these things. And I maybe can't do both of them every single interaction that I have with my team. And so think about which team are you with that needs a little bit more love and you're going to spend a little bit more time on those questions. And it's okay if we spend the first 20 minutes of a meeting because the last meeting we had was all business and all results. And this time we have a little bit more time and it's been a while. And maybe the other one, you just got back from a a dinner. You had a nice dinner or you were at a retreat or something. And then it's time to really say, look, we've had our time to focus. We've had our time to relax. And now it's really time to, to dig down. But I don't think of it in terms of I'm either this or I'm that, but I, I rather try to think about it in who needs a little bit of love this time, who needs a little bit more focus, and when can I bring in whichever that team needs at that given point in time. Yeah, and it, it brings to mind for me the the importance of where we end up in our podcast a lot of the times is the power of a relationship and the impact that then has if there is a strong relationship, what then can the team rally around and get get done and accomplish? And sometimes I've seen teams do so much more because they have the trust and the relationship because they've invested up front in those check-in question kinds of activities to build that trust. Have you seen that or experienced that in teams that you've been on, Dave? Oh, absolutely. If, if people know uh, a little bit about you 
and you know a little bit about them, it goes such a long way. I, I remember when I was first coming into the village, uh, I worked really, really hard to get to know other teammates that I worked really closely with. And after, after a little while, I remember thinking, Man, I could write a book about every one of these teammates. I know them well. I know their cats' names. I know their kids' names. I know they where they went to school. Wow. But I felt like I had no relationship with them. And as I reflected on that, I, part of what I learned was I was sharing nothing about me. So while I was interested in them, I showed no vulnerability. I wasn't willing to talk about my family and about my hobby because I was so uh, uncomfortable doing that. And in the end, you have to have a relationship. You have to be interested in other people, yes, but you also have to be vulnerable and willing to communicate and talk about who you are. That's how relationships are built. And once you have that and people know you're interested in them and you're also willing to share who you are, then you have a solid foundation, and then I think people give you a whole lot of leeway, uh, and that's where great relationships are built. And then tying this back to our topic today, how does that then give you more ability to drive for results? Again, I think when, when people know you as a person, they know that you care about them, uh, they know the substance of who you are, that's when real loyalty happens, and that's when magic can happen on a team. And, you know, they say... You'll run through walls for people. I know there's people who I work for. I would run through a wall for them because I know them. I trust them. I know their intentions. Uh, I know they care about me. I know they care about uh, the results that we produce for our teammates and our patients. So you do anything for those people, right? Yeah, great example of intensity, right? level of intensity. Yeah. And it's so cool that you talk about caring. This is what I heard. Like you talk about caring as a two-way street, right? In order for you to feel... Like in order for you to care intensely about someone else, um, you have to feel that they care about you as a person and vice versa, right? So in order for you to display that as a leader, you have to be able to kind of show that caring both ways or feel that caring both ways. And then you get to those those re- results uh, in a way that you're proud of. Yeah. And that, that, again, that can be very uncomfortable, at least for me, I'll say it was hugely uncomfortable uh, initially, because I was I was not used to working in an environment where I would show any vulnerability or any type of um, caring or any type of exposure. And the more I'm here, the more I realize that's where real strength can come from, right? That's where real relationships are built. And the most confident people uh, are people who are willing to share that vulnerability or willing to be humble, who are willing to relate with one another. So what, um, what would you tell folks who maybe feel that way they're coming new to the village or they've been in a totally different environment where they're not comfortable with sharing, they're not you know, comfortable with being vulnerable. How would you help them um, be able to adopt this way of driving for results the DaVita way? What would you tell them? Um, I, I think I would say, again, first of all, if you build a foundation of trust with the people that you work with, uh, everything comes from there. And if you can get to know the teams that you work with and you can allow them to get to know you, then everything built off of that foundation um, will just get stronger and stronger, will become easier and easier. Because as people know you, you know them, you establish a shared vision, then the producing results part becomes very natural. And of course, that's what we want to do. We, we're here because we want to make a difference in American healthcare. We want to care for our patients. We want to create an amazing place to work. And with that is going to come hard decisions and a lot of hard work and innovation and hard discussions. 
but with a solid foundation, then then uh, then you can accomplish all those things. All right, it's that time where uh, we're coming to a close, and we ask uh, all of our guests and end all of our episodes by asking our guests to share one practical tip they would challenge our listeners to go out and try. What's one simple thing that uh, you would ask our teammates to try to drive for results the DeVita way? Uh, I, I would say two things. One, be kind. I think the two most beautiful words in the English language. And two, be firm. And I, I think about, I think those two two things go together. But as we think about the DeVita way, I think those four words match beautifully. As we're kind to other people, uh, other people will respond. And we should never think that being a leader and holding people accountable means being stern or being mean or being a jerk, right? But you can leave people with all dignity and respect uh, by being kind. And you also have to show that you will do what you said you would do. All of us will lose credibility immediately if we don't do what we said we were going to, we're going to do. And sometimes that means you have to be firm and you have to hold yourself and, and your teams and other people accountable. And so being firm, doing what you said you would do in a kind way, uh, I think is great advice that I've received and something I would also pass on to others. That's a great tip. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Dave. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. That was a really interesting chat with Dave Mon. Loved his stories and especially his tip at the end to be kind and be firm. Yeah, that was a good tip for both of those things, not just one or the other. I think that was really good. Good suggestion. And speaking of tips, it's my turn to follow up on the tip from our last episode mm-hmm. with Angie and Lennon on emotional intelligence. How'd it go? Good. So Lennon's tip, just a quick recap, was when you get triggered, do a self-check to make sure you're not solely trying to prove your point, but that you're truly open to other perspectives. And Angie's tip was to get curious about the other person's perspectives by asking questions. And I will share an example <laughs> that came up for me during um, during this this the last few weeks, which was my so my husband and I. Hopefully, he won't get mad that I'm sharing this, but <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like emotional intelligence is always a test for me, a, a harder test for me at home uh-huh. than it is at work. And I know I, I've heard other people say the same thing. Still trying to figure out exactly what's behind all of that, and. Um, we know how to push each other's buttons, right? So we say certain things that we know like the other person is just not going to take as well. And so we were having this discussion and he said something that really triggered me and I felt myself going into fight mode and I was just going to start arguing my point, trying to prove my point and proving that he was wrong about this point. And then I just had to verbally say, I need to stop talking <laughs> right now. Nice. I just said... I just need I just need some time. Could we just stop talking for a little bit? I'm getting triggered and I'm I don't want to say anything that is not going to be what I want to say. So let's just give ourselves a little bit of of, of silence and then let's come back in a few minutes. Well, and that was your self check. That was right? my self check yeah. and I knew I was trying to prove my point so I did a, a quick self check that I was going to make myself more open to hearing the other side. And then after that, that couple minutes was over, I was 
more open to hearing his, his perspective. And I was, still wasn't great at the curious question thing. Hmm. I was still a little bit trying to say my point in a different way. And I had to keep checking myself hmm. to really be open to asking him, can you say more about that? Or can you help me understand that? And uh, like, you know, emotional intelligence, work in progress. And I'm glad that it was a great reminder what Lennon and Angie said. And I'm glad I was able to try to practice that a bit and get better at it. Excellent. Thank you for sharing, Grace. And for our listeners, we would love to hear your stories and your tips as well. Please check out our show notes and click on the listener mail link to find out more about submitting your stories and tips in writing or through a voicemail. Yeah, and if you enjoy these podcasts, please rate us on iTunes or click on the survey link in our show notes so we know how we're doing. See you next week. One for all. And all for one.